0: There's been a lot of life in this place this week, hasn't there? And that's, uh, that's really music to my heart, uh, to see all the interaction and, and uh, see how God has been speaking to us this week. I- I've been introducing this series every night, but I believe that most of you have been here at least one of those times. I, I do that because the folks who sponsored this, uh, we usually send these videos to them. And we're so thankful for the Dickerson family and for making this series of lectures available for our students, both here and around the world. And so we're thankful for that. Have you enjoyed the preaching of Dr. Graves this week? I'm I'm really uh, thankful that we've had this time together personally and that uh, you've had this time with him in these services. He flies to Kansas City tomorrow. His wife is driving out to the Kansas City airport to bring another suitcase. He's gonna give her the one he had here this week. He's gonna get a new suitcase and get on another plane and fly to Nashville, Tennessee. That's his schedule. And for him to carve out this time with us, We have been blessed indeed, amen? And I think we want to thank him tonight, don't we? And Brian and guys, thanks for helping us out this week. You guys have done a great job, haven't you? Thanks. And and we're gonna sing as loud as we can sing tonight to help you out, Brian, okay? Sounds good, let's drown us out tonight. All right, let's go, let's all stand and sing together. Father, we just wanna ask that you'd sanctify us and purify us and uh, help us to learn from Dr. Graves' message tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated.
1: Well, what a privilege it's been for me to be here with you in these days. And thank you for coming and each night and being open to what God would have to say to you and your hearts. We began uh, the first night talking about a simple phrase that God is able. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we are able to even think or imagine. And when we start talking about living a life of holiness, it begins with an understanding that the God that we serve is the God who is able A God who is able to keep us from falling, a God who is able to keep us in the commitments that we make to him, a God who is able to overcome anything that would come against us in our lives. We have to believe that the God that we serve is a God who is able and a God who is holy. And he tells us since he is holy that he wants us to be holy as well. And so we looked at what that means where he says this is the will of God for you to be sanctified so what does that mean it means that we say goodbye to the old life we separate ourselves making a decision to say I'm not going to live the old life that I live sin will no longer have control of my life I'm no longer living for myself but I am willingly going to surrender myself to God as a living sacrifice and acceptable to God which is after all reasonable service shouldn't it be to give ourselves and surrender ourselves to God and when we do that you know what he takes what we give and what does he do with it? He takes it and he cleanses it and purifies it and he fills us with his Holy Spirit to be the people that he wants us to be. But then last night we looked at a different part of it that, that really if we're going to be effective in ministry and service then it must be that we continue to separate from the, the, the old life and from sin because sin is a great hindrance to service. And we must come to the place where we are willing to surrender everything to Him. And when we do, He comes and He cleanses us, purifies us, put His stamp of approval on us. And then He equips us to do the ministry that He is calling us to do. Isn't that great to know that we don't have to do it in our own strength and our own power, but that He strengthens us and empowers us? Well, tonight I want us to look at a different subject. And that is, once we make that surrender, and I know from pastoring all the years that I did, that there are some people that that think, well, once I make that total separation from sin and selfishness, and and I surrender myself, and I become a living sacrifice, and He fills me with His Holy Spirit, then from that point on, everything should be easy. Right? Right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seriously. Uh, the, the devil's defeated and now I'm going to be, whoa, this will be one great ride. No problems ever again because I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Spirit. Well, what we need to understand is that we're still in this world. And you look around the world in which we find ourselves living and you find that we are living in a world that is full of conflicts, conflicts, wars around the world. Because of that, we are acquainted with nations that many of us never would have heard of before. If I were to name, ask you, what are some countries that are right now in strife, conflict, or war? What comes to your mind? Give me a country. Iraq, Iran, Syria, Libya, Turkey. Turkey. Turkey, Israel, Israel and the Palestinians, Egypt. There's one over here and I haven't heard it yet. Ukraine. Sudan. 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 The U.S. <laughs> Let me, you say that, but let's add on to that what's happening at our borders, especially at Mexico, and the drug wars, and the drug cartels, and the wars that are going on down there. Let me add some more to you. Somalia, Western Pakistan. Central African Republic, Cameroon, South Sudan, Darfur, Libya, Yemen, all of these are countries that are right now presently in conflicts. However, I want you to know that there are another conflict that we might not live in those countries, but conflicts that we experience, and that is the spiritual war that's going on all around us. And there's a battle that's going on in our lives. There's battles that going on in churches, and we need to understand that even once we have been sanctified, we are in a spiritual war. In fact, Paul wrote about that in Second Corinthians chapter 10. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you don't, you can take a pew Bible in front of you. It's page 1100, 1147. That's you can get there quick that way. 1147 I want to read these, these verses to you and as we read this I want you to think about what Paul is writing here he begins 2 Corinthians chapter 10 beginning with verse 1 page 1147 by the meekness and gentleness of Christ I appeal to you I Paul who am timid when face to face with you but bold when away I beg you when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Now look at verse 3. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Paul says in verse 3, though we live in this world we do not wage war as the world does He's talking to us really about three different areas in which we must understand to live the victorious, surrendered, sanctified, holy life. We need to understand that we need to do some spiritual battle in these three areas because the devil will come against us. The first area of our spiritual warfare is the emotional battle that the enemy would come against us. Even the apostle Paul experienced this. And you know what? This is what's interesting to me. This, this attack were coming from people outside the body of Christ but also people inside the body of Christ. And we need to be understand that and be prepared for that even in ministry. Believe it or not, there are some people who come against you. There are some... No, I won't go there. Look what he says, <laughs> verse 1. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid with face to face with you, but bold went away. This is what the critics were saying about Paul. They are saying, hey, that Paul thinks he's so tough stuff, man. When he comes here, he's so timid and backward and quiet. We could take him if he'd ever show up, but he's so bold and he's away from us. And when he writes these letters to us, he seems like he's a tough person. But when he's in person, he's a pushover. And they were questioning Paul's integrity. They were questioning his character. They were questioning his motives. All of that was going on. They were attacking him. And I think one of the areas that we need to understand as Christians is that even in the faith, when we're totally surrendered, trying to do what God wants us to do, there will be some people who come against us. There'll be people who make fun of us. There'll be people who will ridicule our faith. Some who will question our character. And we need to be prepared for that, that when they come against us, we do not let them defeat us emotionally because of their attacks. Another thing that we have to be careful of is not only the attacks that come from outside, but also the attacks that we experience personally because the devil will come against us and not what people think and some people really care about what people think and that causes their witness to, to, to become very timid and they, they back away from their faith and some are even defeated because they care too much about what people think of them and what they're saying about them. But many of us, and probably most of you here, you've already taken a stand because you wouldn't be here if you hadn't. But some of us, it's what comes from internal where Satan attacks us. And we get into the pattern of putting ourselves down. or We get into the pattern of condemning ourselves. We get into the habit of living in the past. And all of those things will keep us spiritually defeated. What we need to understand that in Christ there's freedom and with Christ when our sins have been committed to him, confessed to him, when he forgives them, he forgets them forever. They're never to be held against us. Romans 8 says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't let the devil come and beat you up over things that happened five years ago two years ago, three days ago, if you have confessed them and asked Christ to forgive you. Amen? Amen? Now, I understand this personally because I used to beat myself up. Every Sunday night was the worst night of the world. After I'd preach twice, I'd go home and I, I, the devil would tell me all the things. Boy, you messed that one up. You made up that word there. You, didn't, you forgot to say this. You didn't do that. And, I, and he'd get me to relive all the mistakes. And what happened is I'd be focusing, watch this, I'd be focusing on myself instead of focusing on what God had done through me. And we must get into the practice where we are willing to roll up our sleeves and do some spiritual warfare when it comes to the area of our emotions. Where we take those things captive, and we don't let our emotions take us on the roller coaster ride. And some days we're up here, and some days we're down here, and some days we're up here, some days no. We take captive those thoughts, and make them obedient to Christ. There's a second area, and I'm gonna move, move cl- closely and through this. Did I just do that one? Yeah, the intellectual battle. And that's where we see in verse 5, he, he, Paul says, we demolish arguments, which is logic or speculations or reasonings that are hostile to Christian faith, those thoughts that are antagonistic to the knowledge and the truth of God. He says we demolish our arguments in every pretension, that's inflated pride, self-image, puffed up. He says we take... Captive, We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And notice what else he says. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul understood this, that where a lot of our spiritual warfare goes on is in our minds. Where if we put garbage in... Guess what we're going to get out? Garbage out. And what we choose to think about, what we allow to run through our minds, what we allow to control our thought life, All of those things predispose us to certain conflicts and certain defeat in our lives. And we need to come to the place where we are asking ourselves, what am I thinking on? What am I allowing to take control of my mind? What am I allowing to come in there and stay in there too long? And too many people lose spiritual battles because they allow negative or sinful thoughts to take possession of their minds. It's kind of like the lady that was at the sidewalk cafe and she was eating her meal there and it was kind of like a buffet type thing and so she was eating her meal and she had some bread and so she was throwing some crumbs to some birds. Well, I've learned one thing. If you throw one crumb to one bird, guess what happens? (laughs) They give some signal free food come on over and hundreds of birds come. well there's a bunch of birds that came and she kept throwing out bread and they were just doing that. so then she said you know I'm gonna go get something else at the buffet well when she left her plate guess what the birds did they not only took the bread but they came to the plate and she came back and they were eating on the plate and we need to be careful what we allow to come into our minds what we think what we see what we watch what we hear what we meditate on we need to be careful about what we allow to come into our minds because if we allow that to stay in our minds it will defeat us spiritually and then living that spiritual life that we really desire to live and many people have been defeated in their spiritual life and living a life of holiness because their thought processes they just let listen don't let your minds go wherever they want to go you ring them back in through the power of holy spirit and you take control of those things paul says over in philippians chapter 4 think about these things and then he lists the things that are true honorable right and all the, and he says and then if you do that then the peace of god will guard your heart your emotions and your mind in christ jesus And so, thinking what we allow to come into our minds, he says, I want you to take your thoughts captive. In other words, if you're taking somebody captive, who's in charge? You are. We are to take captive our thoughts and we are to make those obedient to Christ. So, when the thoughts come, I like to say this you might not keep a bird from flying over your head. And sometimes they might drop some stuff on it. But one thing you can do is you can keep that bird from building a nest on top of your head. And thoughts may come and temptations may come through thoughts and through your thinking. But you do not have to stay with that and continue to meditate upon that. You might see, guys, you might see a good looking lady walk by. And you can say, wow, she's a good looking lady. Wow, she's a really nice-looking lady. And you can let that thought come and you can take captive that thought and not let it go to saying, boy, would I like to have some of that. You take captive that thought. You don't let a thought or attraction move into an area of lust or evil thoughts. Same thing for you women. I know it's hard for some of you all week looking up here at this. I know it's been hard <laughs> take captive those thoughts did he really just say that did, did, did he did you hear that take that off rewind that baby there's a third area we better go on and that's the volitional part see it's an act of our will we demolish those we take captive those you see what I'm saying here what Paul is saying is, it's no one's going to do that for you. You have to do that in the power of his spirit. You make a decision of your will. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going to let the devil defeat me emotionally. No, I'm not going to let the devil plant those seeds and take root in my heart and in my mind. And we take captive those thoughts. It's part of our act of our will that we take charge and responsibility for our spiritual life. But let's move on because he also talks about the weapons of our warfare. In verse 4, now this is great. He said, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with, you know what they have? They have divine power. Wow! They have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are some of the weapons that God has given us to fight this battle? Worship, let's hold on. on that. What else? The Word of God. The Word of God, which is the sword, sword of the Spirit. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's, it won't help you a whole lot just to carry the sword around with you. It won't help a lot to have it at home. Well, I've got a good Bible at home. I tell you, I've got a good Bible at home. I've never opened it, but I've got a good Bible at home. It does us no good to keep the, the, the sword at home. It does it no good to keep it in its shield. We must take that out and be ready. When Jesus was tempted, what did he use to overcome the temptation? The devil came to him and he, Jesus quoted back the scripture. Then guess what? The devil, he, was, he, he quoted back scripture to Jesus. But Jesus knew the word well enough to know that he was not quoting it right. And he quoted the right part of it. And I wanna tell you, God has given us the word of God to be a sword, to be a weapon for us to use. That's why we must get acquainted with it. That's why we must meditate on it. That's why we must hide it in our hearts and put it in our minds. I wish I had time to tell you a wonderful story how that happened for a friend of mine who, who is a Navy uh, fighter pilot. And how God helped him in one of the hardest times of his life where when he was going through torture, he said it was the Holy Spirit brought back all this scripture that I put in my mind and it gave me strength to make it through it. The word of God. He's given us that as a weapon for us. And we need to take that up. It's not, it wasn't Jesus when he was tempted. It wasn't his rhetoric. It wasn't the power of his presence. It wasn't the wisdom of a keen mind. It wasn't his charismatic personality. It was the word that he used. And it's a word that we need to use. There's a second weapon. And that is prayer. Prayer is a marvelous weapon that we have. Paul tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We need to use prayer. It's our dialogue. It's our communion with God. It's when we talk to him and he talks back to us. It's where he strengthens us, empowers us, and directs us and guides us. That's why prayer is so important for us. But you know what? I'm afraid that many of us have come to the place in our spiritual lives where prayer is kind of like we come to God as the great big Santa Claus in the sky. And so when we come to them in prayer, we have our list just like my grandkids have a list for Santa Claus at Christmas. Oh, by the way, uh, God, this, uh, you could, you, I, I need this, this, this. I want this, 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 and this. And we make our list and we give them our list when we pray. And then when we come back and we say, I'm sorry, Lord, I hope I didn't overload you today, but could you get busy about doing this for me? Understand that prayer is not just about asking He he said, this is how you are to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's where we begin in prayer. We begin in praising him and worshiping him. Where we focus, now watch it, we focus from what's going on down here to we focus up to him and how great and awesome and powerful he is. Because I tell you, when we begin to view down here through his eyes, then things look really different and so prayer is helping us to lift our faces from here to lifting our eyes to here and as we lift our eyes to here then faith grows and expands and hope all of that is strengthened in us and so it's so important that in prayer that we include not only focusing upon him but we include praising him because when we praise him guess what happens he inhabits the praise of his people and when he shows up on the scene, who takes off? The enemy of our soul takes off. And praise is a wonderful weapon that we have. Because when we start praising him and thinking, thanking him and thinking about all the things he's done for us and how faithful he's been in the past and what the word says about him, then I want to tell you what, the enemy gets out of that place because he's not going to stay where God is being praised. So we begin with praise, focusing on him. But remember in the Lord's prayer or the disciples' prayer, he said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then eventually he gives, gets down to what? Give us this day our daily bread. So there's nothing wrong with asking There's nothing wrong with presenting our needs to a father who loves us and graciously gives us all things. There's nothing wrong with asking him. We need to ask him. We need to be interceding for the needs that are around us. Not only our needs, but the needs of others. And when we begin to do that, it gives us a great weapon in our spiritual lives. So we use the word. We use prayer. And then we... Did I get praise up there? was it up there see I can't see I can't see above that last thing. so that's my problem but now follow this in all of what he's saying to us we also have a responsibility he tells us here that we are to take captive we are to demolish strongholds and not only Are we to do that for ourselves? But you and I have a responsibility as followers of Christ to be involved in spiritual warfare. I think it's time for the church to stop just sitting back and saying, oh, woe is me, I'm so undone, devil's so strong, he's just taking this person and that person, he, he's taking my kids away from their faith and he's destroying that life and he's destroying that marriage and that home. It's, oh, it's just too bad, I wish there was something we could do about it, but devil's so strong and, and it's time for us to stop doing that and it's time for us to act like we're on the winning team have you seen the end of the book huh we're not on the losing team but I tell you what's happened is we as Christians act like it and live like we're on the losing side He is victorious. He's already conquered the grave. He's already conquered death. He's already conquered hell. In fact, he has the keys to hell. And we're on his team. But it's our responsibility to begin to take spiritual authority and tell the devil to take his stinking, rotten hands off of our children and off of our friends and off of marriages and off of our church. And it's time for us to begin to use the spiritual authority that he has given us. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. In fact, the weapons we have have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, get this picture in your mind. That word demolish strongholds, it's like we're coming against an uh, uh, a fort and they've got this big old heavy door and, and they've got captives in there so you know what we do we demolish strongholds it's like we have this big battering ram remember some of the old movies the big battering ram and we're banging and banging until we demolish the strongholds and we burst open the doors and we experience the victory it's time for us to demolish those strongholds, that we, the power that we have in Jesus Christ and the power that we have in the Holy Spirit to demolish those things that war against us. And folks, if we were going to live lives of holiness, if we're going to live lives that are pleasing and holy to God, then we can't just sit on our hands and let the devil do whatever he wants to do to us in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our will, but we need to take up the weapons that he has given to us, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praise and prayer, and it's time for us to go out and say to this world, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, let them go. And we demolish those strongholds, and we demolish those things that have held, maybe held us captive. We take spiritual authority over those things so that we can live the lives that God is calling us to live. Isn't that good? We don't have to be defeated. We can be victorious. He didn't die for us just for us to lose. He died so that we might be free free in Christ but it's our responsibility to roll up the sleeves and get ready to do some good fighting that when he attacks my emotions I'm going to say no, 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 uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh I'm not going to buy your lies when he tries to put the thoughts in our minds we say no, the bird's flying over but he's not going to stay and we change our thought pattern. And we start thinking on those things that are true and honorable and good and righteous and pure. And we take captive those thoughts. You might say, well, I tried that once. It didn't work. Well, try it again. And keep trying it. And keep trying it. And keep doing it. And you'll find that God will help you to have victory over the thoughts. As we surrender our wills to Him... He gives us the freedom to enjoy the walk that we have. But the responsibility, not just to do it for ourselves, but to go out and to take captive those thoughts, those arguments, those pretensions, everything that has set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive those thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. The truth of the matter is, and I want you to hear this, and I'm going to Stop. None of us in this room came to Christ without someone praying for us. You might say, well, I did. No, no, no. Because when we are in sin, we're dead. We're blinded. Our, our hearts are enchained. Somewhere, someone was praying for you. And I want to tell you, we need to go out into our world and we need to just start praying for people and say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, set them free. I take captive over their thoughts. I take captive their arguments and their pretensions. I take captive those things. And I'm telling you, Satan, take your hands off of them. And we begin to pray that their eyes would be opened to see the glories of God. We begin to pray that their hearts that are hardened would be softened. We pray that the devil who has enchained them with different things in their lives, those chains would be broken and that they would come from darkness to life. And it's our joy and our responsibility, and our privilege to help people be set free. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you, Are you enjoying that kind of freedom in your life? That kind of victory in your life? Is the devil playing with you in certain areas of your thinking or your emotions or your will? I want you to know you can be set free tonight. It's your choice to come because if you ask him, he will do it. And he'll set you free tonight. Are there some people in your life, maybe friends, brothers, moms and dads, spouse, or there's some people in your life that that you know tonight, they're in bondage and they need someone to pray for them and someone to take spiritual authority for them and to begin to pray that their eyes would be open, their hearts would be melted and the chains would fall off and they would come to the light. You could be the one. Isn't that good? You could be the source of intercession where their lives would be forever changed. I'd like for us to stand together. And tonight, if there is, is someone on your heart, I'll tell you what I want us to do tonight, a little different. If there's someone in your life, maybe your family, maybe people you work with, maybe people you live beside, there are people that you know that don't know Jesus Christ and they need someone to intercede for them I'd like for you just to move out from where you are and come and stand around in this front area. Would you do that right now? And I want us to close tonight by taking spiritual authority for those people. Would that be all right? You think we could do that? There might be some of you that need to have that happen in your own life. Well, he's here to help you do that as well. And we're going to see some victories happen. I'm so thankful I had some praying parents that prayed for me every day, grandparents that prayed for me. But do you know what? A lot of people don't have that. And they're really dependent on us. They're dependent on you. And I know some of you, many of you are preparing for ministry. Well, I want to tell you, ministry is now. Ministry is now. Wouldn't it be great that when you left Nazarene Bible College, you could leave behind a harvest of souls that have come to know Christ because of your life while you were here? Wouldn't that be awesome? You don't have to wait till you get a district license to do that. (laughs) You can befriend them and love them and pray for them and set them free. Set them free. I want you to think about that person in your mind. Let's close our, bow our heads, close our eyes. Think about that person. Focus on them. And let's bring them to the Father. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the spirit that we have felt in this place this week. You have been so faithful to us. And tonight, Lord, I don't know why you laid this sermon on my heart, but. I know that it was something that's burning in my own heart about our responsibility to live not only a sanctified life but a victorious life and not only a victorious life for ourselves Lord but that we might be instruments in your hands instruments to bring victory for others and right now, Father, all across this chapel, we are thinking of people that do not know you, people that need to be set free. Lord, some of them have never heard about you. They don't know. Lord, I pray right now that you would open up doors of opportunity for us to speak to them, to talk to them, to teach them, just to have a dialogue with them. But we also know that there are others whose minds have been blinded to the thought of Christ or Christianity and the enemy has planted all of this negative thought about what it would be to be a Christian in their minds and the the, the arguments and the pretensions and and they get so confused about what is truth and what is not truth and right now father we are thinking of individuals whose minds need to be set free and so lord we right now in their behalf we take captive those thoughts and we pray that those thoughts would become obedient to you we demolish those arguments Arguments, those pretensions that have set themselves up against knowing you. Lord, would you just break through to them in their minds. Lord, open their eyes to see the glories of what you have done for them, that you loved them so much that you sent your son to die on a cross for their salvation, and that you are offering to them life, not only eternal life, but abundant life right here, right now, that their lives could be literally transformed. And Lord, may you open up their eyes to see what you're offering and who you are. Lord, speak to their hearts right now. We know some of their hearts have been hardened over time. Maybe it's because of things that have happened in their lives, disappointments, hurts, scars that they carry. Lord, their hearts have become hard to you. And Lord, would you right now just begin to soften would you just kind of break through like the, the shell of a nut? Would you just kind of begin to break through that hard shell until you can get to the soft part where their hearts are open and hungry for more than what they presently have and they, we know that it's you that they need. And so Lord, we lift them up to you right now. We pray for them. And, Lord, may we not give up, but may we be diligent. May we continue to bombard the, the enemy and take captive and demolish those strongholds for those people. And, Lord, may one day we be able to see their lives radically transformed by your love and your grace. And then, Lord, I pray for each one of us here. Lord, may we experience the victory in our own lives that you have. Lord, we we are totally surrendered to you, but we know that the enemy wants to fight us and he's on to battle with us. And sometimes he attacks our minds and sometimes our emotions. But Lord, we ask right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would strengthen us with your divine power. Lord, may you live in us through your Holy Spirit. May you flow through us, dear Father, to our worlds. And Lord, for all that you have done this week and all that you're going to continue to do on the campus of Nazarene Bible College, we give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise for all that you are going to do and the answers to our prayers tonight. We thank you and praise you for we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Could we just give the Lord a praise offering for what he's going to do? don't give up don't give up believing don't give up believing I've seen too many lives radically changed I've seen marriages are a boom they've been brought back together and every time I see them on Facebook now they're celebrating 45 years of marriage I say ah, thank you Jesus the devil tried to split it up but you brought it back because people prayed they believed and they kept on praying so keep on believing keep on praying keep on knocking on doors and knocking down walls amen Amen. god bless you go back to class I guess (laughs) thanks for being here blessings on y'all